Welcome to another of the Retire Notes podcast series. I'm Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and founder of the RetireNotes.com website. I'm in conversation with Deanna Pitchford, clinical psychologist and lecturer at Avondale University College. Thanks for being with us, Deanna. It's my pleasure, Bruce. We're talking about the thinking centre, our brain today. And let me start by asking the broad question, what is it you wish people knew about their brain? The brain is really who we are. It encapsulates everything that we are. Our personality resides within our decision-making, our thinking processes, our emotions. Everything about us is in the brain. And what I wish people knew was that whatever they do to keep their body healthy, they also do to keep their brain healthy. So if you are keen to keep your body healthy and your brain healthy, know that you are doing one the same thing. It's very important to realize that there is a connection between the body and the brain, that the brain, which is the seat of all our thinking, and our, that's where our mind is, sure. all of that is affected by anything we do for the body. So whatever we do to keep the body healthy also keeps the brain healthy. Yeah, so that connection is very important. That connection is very important. And the other thing that I think is extremely important is to remember that the brain because it is part of our body, needs exercise, it needs feeding, it needs nurturing, it needs stimulation. So the same things that we would do for our body, we need to do for our brain. Talk about feeding a bit. What's that? Reading, watching? Well, feeding the brain, I was thinking here in terms of some of the foods we know okay, that have been highlighted as being important for good brain health. We know that they've come up with some things that they regard to be superfoods. Yes. And some of those are dark-colored berries, like blueberries, for example, and all the dark-colored purpley kind of vegetables that we can get. Those seem to contain things that are really, really good for our brain. Okay. There are other people who say that that really isn't all that important. And in fact, just to present a contrary view here, yes, yes. there was a study that was done with super ages. So these were people who were in between ages of 80 and 100. Sure. And they found that of this group, a lot still smoked and yes. still drank. Okay. And yet they showed no decline. So it kind of knocked some of our theories on the head. But I think this research has highlighted some other important things yes. about the brain and also about aging, um, which, which I think are important to highlight. But before I get off this topic of feeding the brain, mm. I do think that when we consider which foods are healthy for our bodies, those might also be the very foods that are healthy for our brain. So I wouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Right. I would still consider that there might be some benefit in good nutrition and certainly in looking at those foods that they regard as being important for brain health. That makes logical sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The other big thing, Bruce, that I think we don't often connect with the brain is the fact that exercise is so important uh -huh. and unfortunately it's really the sweaty kind of exercise okay that is important so they, they reckon about one hour twice a week is what you need to help you boost brain function so some studies have shown that people who exercise regularly certainly have better cognitive functions and the part of the brain which looks after memory, in particular the hippocampus, that of the brain, will naturally shrink as you get older. But if you exercise, you help to maintain the volume and the size of the particular portion of the brain, which is quite important for memory. That sounds like a really good reason to exercise, it, just, it does. just so you can remember. Exactly. 
And I think one of the big things about exercise is that it reduces inflammation throughout the body and also in the brain. And there is a connection there, they seem to think there may be a connection between levels of inflammatory response in the body and in the bloodstream to the development of some kinds of dementia. Okay. Exercise also stimulates the release of growth factors. So that helps us to make new cells within the brain, keeps them healthy, keeps them strong. You know, exercise improves our sleep and that sleep is very important for the brain. When we sleep, a lot of important things happen in terms of memory consolidation within the brain. So if you're not sleeping well, for example, if you are getting up every two hours because you need to go to the loo, for example, you are interrupting your sleep and never getting a really deep sleep. And that means that the memories and and the thoughts and the processes of the day are simply chucked into some kind of room up there in the in the brain and never file away deeply. Whereas when we sleep deeply, we have uh, the brain has a chance to consolidate those memories and kind of file them away and pack them away properly. I have this picture of a filing cabinet in my head <laughs> as you're talking. <laughs> it's not as simple as that. We do know sure. that. It's not as simple as that, but it's a good picture just to keep that um, mentally in mind. Mm. And so in terms of exercise, maybe we should see exercise, and really I'm talking to myself here because I struggle to do this sometimes, but exercise should be almost like prescription medicine, something that you simply have to do a few times a week, simply have to get some exercise. I mean, I've asked you about your brain, and you keep coming back to physical exercise. You really are kind of proving the connection between the body and the brain. Yes, and it's something that we sometimes tend to ignore, and we don't realise, as I said, that whatever we do to keep the body healthy keeps the brain healthy as well. The other thing I'd like to say about the brain is that we sometimes think that cognitive decline is inevitable. It's not something that is inevitable. It's not something that everybody develops. Are there ways we can avoid it? Or have you already told us that with the exercise and the the foods? That's a hard question to answer because we don't know exactly what causes dementia to come about. Some dementias we do know, a vascular dementia, we are having little bleeds within the brain. We know what is that kind of something like Alzheimer's, for example? Yes. There are a range of theories as to what causes dementia, what causes Alzheimer's in particular. We do know that there may be a hereditary link, so that if you've had somebody in your family who okay. has had Alzheimer's or some form of dementia, that you may be more prone to it. Mm-hmm. We know that if you've had a head injury, that might also be a precursor to developing Alzheimer's. So we really need to look after our heads and our brains very well. Yes, and something as simple as wearing a uh, helmet when you're riding a pushbike. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Essential. Yep. Absolutely essential. The other thing that I wanted to highlight was the study that looked at the super ages. So those people between 80 and 100 years of age who showed no sign of cognitive decline. They looked at some of their lifestyle factors, for example, and they also looked very closely at what was happening in their brains. I think these were people who obviously donated their brains to Mm -hmm. science after they died, and they were able to look at the connections within the brain. And some of the things that these people did that really contributed to them having such a good life, even as they were in their advanced years, was the fact that they were very active. 
So they were active not only physically, not only did they move around a lot and do exercise and go places and do things, but they were also active in terms of their social connections. Yes. So they had a good social network. That was very important. That was the one thing. Some of them never retired, Bruce. Some of them kept taking on new interests, new careers, or new things that they were interested in doing. And this is in their 90s? Yes, in in their 90s. Okay. Yes. So it's never too late to take up something new, to learn how to swim or to do yoga or to... Or to do something or learn a new language, any of those things are good for us. Play the bagpipes, the list could go on, couldn't it? Yes, yes, it certainly could. The other thing that these people did, which was noticeable in their lifestyle, was that they slept eight hours or more. So these were people who got a good night's rest and then had a very active life during the day, lots of social connections, lots of interest in life. And maybe that's a second most important thing that I'd like to say about the brain is that if we if we keep interested in life, if we keep an open mind and a sense of curiosity, we stand a much better chance of giving the brain that kind of stimulation that it needs. So to be open to new experiences, open to learn new things is a good way to go. Yeah. Actually that makes sense. It creates an interesting life really. Yes. So what are three things, three things I could do within this week that would help with my brain health? Well, first thing, I think you could look at your exercise levels. Okay. And if you find exercise is a problem because you don't stay motivated to do it, perhaps join a walking group, join an exercise group or a class. If you're a person who likes apps and things, there are many apps that help to keep you on track and that will actually inspire you to do more because they'll keep track of your exercise. So that'd be the one thing. The second thing I would say would be to... Perhaps go and join that group, maybe that photography group or that stamp collecting group that you've been thinking about wanting to join or that you think might be interesting. Go and explore that because not only is that going to provide stimulation for your brain, but it's also going to give you very important social connection, which is important for brain health as well. Sure, yes. So that would be the second thing. And then the third thing I would say, if your sleeping patterns are not optimal, if you think that they could be improved in some way, perhaps go and investigate, see what it is that you can do to make them better. Both investment in all three of those things, I think, would be well worth your while. Okay, and it's something we could start this week? Yes, indeed. Okay. Hey, thanks, Deanna. I've been talking to Deanna Pitchford, clinical psychologist and lecturer at Avondale University College. And thanks to you for listening to this retirenotes.com podcast. Thank you.